The views stated by the hosts of this podcast are opinion only and should not take the place of a qualified healthcare professional or mental health specialist. This podcast is for education and recreation. Welcome to Ask a Hag, a podcast about self-care and witchcraft in the modern world. I'm Allison. I'm Leslie. And we are asked questions every day in the work that we do within our community. And this podcast is a space for us where we can share our knowledge and experience as witches and healers. This is a place where you, dear listener, can find inspiration and also feel empowered wherever you are on your journey. Um, and this is the special quarantine episode. Yes, it is. <laughs> uh, Leslie and I are uh, separated in body, but close in spirit. And yeah. we <laughs> we are uh, recording this via uh, FaceTime um, with the magic of Donna's equipment. So huge thank you to her uh, for thank you figuring figuring this out for us um yeah so what a what a strange place we're in right now huh leslie very strange place yeah. this is yes you holding up all right i am um i i re- i feel like i've been i've been ready for this Good. for a while you know, this is um, this is where us healers and us witches get to do our thing. We get to help our community. We get to help, you know, continue this work of sharing that light and working with the ancestral energy and mm-hmm. working with our elders and trying, you know, I, I talked a lot about today about this is about our elders. This is about this older generation, too. Yes. And those, you know... Um, that you know are immunocompromised, but um, I'm hanging in there today. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's about ready to storm. Yeah, it's it is yeah. thunder in here too. So I'm sure the, I'm pretty sure the listeners will be able to hear that uh, oh, yeah. at some point. It's been like this off and on all day here in Pennsylvania. Yeah, um, it's pretty. Great. I've also been um, fighting to share this bed here with Juju. She keeps walking all over the place. So oh, good. I have to keep shifting. That's okay. Yeah, that's all right. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. Um, do we have any, anything, any, uh, I don't know. What's, what's it called? Um, business? Do we housekeeping? have, do we have housekeeping? Do we have business? <laughs> mm-hmm. um, Leslie, you got a cool thing going on. You want to tell everybody? Because my website? Yes. Yeah. I, I, I hustled to get some stuff online so you guys are able to purchase a few things. It's very limited right now. Um, I, I, I guess I just kind of was feeling out the essentials, some cleansing bundles. I have some incredible lavender bundles, some healing stones, um, some tinctures for now, a um, couple decks, a couple books. Um, but I will be adding to that as I see the need for Good. people that's wonderful yeah but so right yeah right now i've got stones i, I created some juju cleansing kits with a big eight inch bundle of gorgeous lavender mm. uh, white chime candle and a stone um yeah people have been really supportive thank that's you great. for yeah what's, what's the website that. of course oh my god oh, what's the website, the website leslie it is 
Yeah. My, I always tease my mom because she goes, dabble ya, dabble ya, dabble ya. Uh-huh. Dot <laughs> shop dash juju.com. Wonderful. And you can find that link in my Instagram page too. That's great. Very cool. Yeah. And um, the my uh, Alchemy Path Herbal Apprenticeship in person on hand, hands-on learning uh, application is still open as well. Um, and then that, yes, very cool. And that's uh, open until the end of April. I've, I've extended it because we don't know where we're going to be at. And it may be extended even more because <laughs> we're not allowed to gather yet. So listen, we're all just <laughs> gathering information as it comes to us. Yep. Doing our best with what we have. <laughs> okay, very cool. Today's episode is really a focus on our listeners, right? So we're yeah. just we're diving into questions because we have so many from both yes. our Instagram direct messages and also our emails and we're slowly catching up on our emails. So you want to just dive right in? Yeah, I will. Yes, okay. please. Thank yep. you. The first question comes from Jackie in Seattle. She says, hello again. Firstly, thank you for taking the time to answer my questions, both past and present. It means a lot. Secondly, I have more. Number one, my sister is getting married in March. Um, actually, I believe she, she did give me an update that she's getting married in June now uh, in my father's backyard. We've had multiple concerns from multiple people that is going to rain on the big day. And I was curious if either of you know any spells to encourage good weather. The wedding is on the equinox, so any info on this would be greatly appreciated. Mm -hmm. No. Spells for weather. Spells for weather. Yeah. You can do spells for weather. Totally. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We did the spell for Brazil to get rain. That's right. We did. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's right. We did. Yeah, we did. It's about, (laughs) well, that, you know, I think spells for weather is like mostly reliant upon visualization. Wouldn't you agree? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and I, sorry, I know. And you're like, fine. <laughs> um, she She's arranging. To move, so I'm like, okay, thanks, Juju. Um, so, yeah. And I think like the more, the more you can kind of bring in for the visual is really great too, you know? Yes. Um, like for example, you know, photos of the family or where it's going to be mm-hmm, and, you mm-hmm. know, um, how literal you want to get with it. Um, cause it's, it's, want, yeah. it's really about like, um, putting energy into the actual day itself, as far as like how you want the ceremony to go. It's not just about the weather. It's also like, you know, making sure that, that, you know, the participants energy are, is good and making sure that everything basically is running along without a hitch. Right. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. So I would like do some work around, um, focusing the attention on yeah exactly like you said what you want to bring in for that day maybe having the sun card on your altar yes. from the tarot deck yep, you know yep. um mm-hmm. some citrine offering. thank you yep. yeah yep. some big sunflowers and <laughs> sunflowers citrine um big yellow candle that's always good too to represent the sun's energy that's a I nice like that one too mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. working with that mm-hmm um yeah and i think you mentioned like spending time visually kind of being in that space feeling the sun come in on the day manifesting it in that way as well 
do you, are we, are you sympathetically tickling know. your nose? Because my, I am. My nose got itchy, got itchy right away. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you, what else do you think working with weather stuff? Well, I mean, it's really about the elements, right? So mm-hmm. if we are wanting a non rainy day, let's bring in fire and air together. Um, during that specific ritual and making sure that those elements are really represented. Scott Cunningham's earth power has some weather magic stuff in it. And I think that, you know, that specific book would be really helpful um, for different rituals around this kind of question. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Scott Cunningham. He's got some great books out there. He really does. Yeah. A prolific writer. A pro- right. <laughs> One that I hope to be someday. Yes. 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 Okay. So her second question yeah. says, I have read in some books, uh, witchcraft and tarot, that it is a faux pas to charge for your services. Since you both are business owners in this field, I would love to know your thoughts on this. Hmm. Well, we've talked about this together quite a bit. We have, haven't we? Just mm-hmm. ourselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. How do we feel about I- it? Yeah, I you know, I think in a modern day perspective on all of that, I don't feel that it's a faux pas. Agreed. Um, I think that, you know, the way that I, I think that that's sort of an, a superstitious way of looking at it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that what is happening is there's an exchange of energy mm-hmm. um, and I am offering a service and I'm offering help in some kind of way and guidance in some kind of way. Yeah. So I don't... I, I don't I don't feel as though it's a faux pas and I know what yeah. you're gonna say. Yeah. Well, you know, I think that this kind of mentality is rooted in fear of the um charlatans out there, you know, the folks that are trying to swindle um people. And um, you know, at, at this point in time we don't we don't barter, we don't trade. And it used to be that the wise folk of people's communities um, would provide services, you know, that Leslie and I both provide. Um, And in return, they would get things for it, like eggs or, um, you know, a nice jar of honey or something like that. And it because it is energy, it has to be reciprocated. Um, We don't live in a world like that. We trade in um, Bitcoin. (laughs) No, we we trade in dollars and cents. Um, And then, of course, you know, it really is up to the person's comfort level. Um, So if you, Jackie, don't feel comfortable doing it, but you're still reading for people, always make sure that you set up a reciprocal energy exchange. So that is like, um, maybe have, you're reading for your sister, maybe have her bake you cookies. Um, you're reading for your friend, maybe have them, you know, give you a manicure, or, you know, some kind of, some something to kind of close the circuit, so to speak. Balance. Balance. Balance the scales. Exactly. Wow, it's really. I know it really is. Wow. It's quite lovely. We're outside. Outside, it is almost green with how the storm is coming in. Interesting. Don't you think that's cleansing, though? For I mean, it just oh, we feels need like it. Mother Earth is just like yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. And water is so healing too, as an element. Hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and then the third question, you want to go go with this one? Sure. Number three, what are your thoughts on reading tarot for large crowds or a party? Do you recommend doing so even if you are a seasoned reader? And what should one consider when pricing their services? That's a very personal question. Mm -hmm. I think that that's up to you to make your decision on how you want to price your service. Um, I got a lot of experience reading for large crowds and parties, um, small private parties. I really enjoyed my time doing it. But as I got more of, to become more of a seasoned reader, um, it, it took a lot of my energy. Mm-hmm. And um, not only that, but I wanted to, you know, I, I, I personally really respect the one-on-one intimate interaction. I do too, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I understand the party thing. I've done it. I've done the events. I've done all of it. And I, I get it. But for me as a personal reader, and, and Jackie, this is something that you'll have to make a decision about. Um, I definitely recommend trying it once or twice to see how it feels for you. It might energize you. Um, but yeah, for me, I really, I appreciate the one-on-one. I appreciate the intimate um, connection. Um, I have to say sometimes in like large events and parties, I feel kind of like, what do I want to say? Like a tiger in the ring. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I can f- sometimes feel a little bit exploited. Yeah. So yeah. you want to just be very cognizant about who is throwing the party. Is this, you know, what is the event entailing? Does it, does it fit in with my personal, um, you know, feeling ethics, you know, my personal sort of, um, what do I want to say? What's the word? Well, I mean, does it sit right Finish with my you? Sentence now. <laughs> sure. Does it sit right with you? For for me personally, I've never done that because I, I mean, I enjoy social gatherings, but at the end of them, even just attending them, I'm really tired. So, like, I know that it's not going to be an enjoyable experience for me. Yeah. And I, I'm with you. I like the one on one interaction with someone because it's more intimate. It's more in touch, and it's kind of like speed dating you know, in, yeah. in that kind of like party situation because sure you is. literally have five minutes with the person and they're like, okay, see you, bye-bye. And then like the, another person is sitting in their seat. It just doesn't, it doesn't flow well for me either. So yeah, as, as a receiver or a giver in that situation. Yeah. The other, the only, uh, one other thing I want to say is um, y- y- sometimes you don't know what's going to come through and um, sometimes spirit has really intense messages to share. And sometimes being in a big setting like that, it's just not the right time to share that mm-hmm. message. And yeah. it just, it doesn't, you know, so I personally, I think as, and I think her next question was, do you re- recommend doing so even if you are a seasoned re- reader? I think once you become a seasoned reader, you say to yourself, this just, this doesn't align with how my spirits want me to do this work. Um and you, you seek to do a little bit more of an intimate one-on-one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I agree. You're an, or a group of like less than five or something like right, that. Right, 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 right. Yeah. But again, this is a personal personal preference. Mm-hmm. Well, Jackie, 
Always great questions coming from you, girl. Thank you yes, so much. Thank you. Oh, thank <laughs> you, so <Jackie>. good. <laughs> All right. Um, Melissa from Parts Unknown. Melissa didn't give us her location, so that's what oh, I put I in. That parts Unknown. Parts right? Unknown. Hello, ladies. How do you feel about distance e-readings? I am a little leery of paying someone for a tarot card reading when the only info they have about me is my name and haven't seen me or know anything about me. I guess I think that in order for the reading to be legit, I should be there to pick the cards or at least the reading to be conducted through Skype or telephone where the reader can see me or hear my voice and pick up on my energy. Am I being silly or can distance card, distance tarot card e-readings work? Thank you for the advice. Love you ladies so much. Thanks, Melissa. Great question. This is such a good question. Great question. Especially now when everybody is virtual. Yep. Truth. What do you got? What do you think? Well, um, I've never done, I've never given a distance reading in this way, but I've received a ton of them. And I can say that I've always felt good with the experience. Um, I think, uh, you know, we are energy beings. We are energy in physical form. Um and really good readers can pick up on us even without hearing us or seeing us. It's kind of like, um, does distant prayer work? Well, yeah, of course it does. It's about intention where you want the energy to flow. Um, you know, I, so for me personally, it doesn't put me off to receive uh, guidance in this way. Um, because it's all about like what that person's giving off when you set it up with them, you know, how do they represent themselves online? How do they represent themselves on their website, in their social media? Do you trust them? Because you, you, you get the sense of like who a person is through how they conduct their business. So, and then also you can choose whether or not your energy aligns with theirs. Um, if it does, then chances are your reading will be excellent. What do you think, Leslie? I agree with you. I, I haven't had a lot of these done. I have had one done. Um, I thought it was very spot on. I will also agree, like, spirit doesn't know that we're not in the room. Spirit, mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, messages will come through. We don't need, we don't necessarily need a phone or a Skype or anything like that. If there's a message that's that's coming through, for somebody asking, um, and you're doing so on their behalf, yes, I think a very um, concise message can come through and a reading can be done really beautifully. Mm-hmm. Me personally, I like to conduct my readings where I can see my client. I like to hear their voice. I yeah. do. I, yeah. I like to have that exchange. Again, I think this boils down to person personal preference. Um I, I know some other readers that do this only like via email or right. you know, um, ask a question and I'll draw three cards for you. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I, I think that I think that we need to be flexible and open with spirit and this, the messages that come in from our um, from our teams mm-hmm. and um, you know every tarot reader, every divin, divi, du, 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 <laughs> every diviner is different. You know, yeah, yeah, and everybody has their their um, superpowers and how they prefer to work and, and share those messages. So I, but I will say, I agree with you. I do not believe that it, um, 
dampens the the reading in any way or gives it any less clarity. Right. Or value. Yeah. Or value. Thank mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. Oh, what a yeah, ti- timely know? thing to ask. What? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've, I, I've been having to just, just, I'm strictly doing virtual readings right now. Yeah. Yeah. And it's beautiful connection. Mm-hmm. It's a beautiful connection. And on that note too. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think that we've kind of nailed it with the email, but you know, connection does not, there, there doesn't have to be any sort of, you know, time and space is, is this big, beautiful thing, yeah. you know, a phone, yep. a computer, these are man-made, yep. maybe, maybe spirit inspired technology, yep. but definitely like man-made things and spirit doesn't need TV, computer to phone to, to get a message across that's clear. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. cool. Very yeah. good. Thanks, well, Melissa, thanks, from Parts Melissa. Unknown. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I guess that's me, huh? It we is, have- <laughs> my friend. <laughs> we have Tom from England. Hey, Hags. Hope you're all well. British fanboy here. Loving the podcast. Don't miss an episode since finding you. Thanks, Tom. Thank you. I'm still new-ish to my path and even newer to accepting that I'm a witch. Never thought I'd say that. I had a recent professional tarot reading, which told me my next step is to start shadow work. (laughs) I'm happy to do this, but where the heck do I start? Can you recommend a practice or a book to get me started? Many thanks in advance and much love. Take it, Allison. (laughs) I wish I had a book recommendation. (laughs) (laughs) I haven't, I've never read a book about this stuff. It's just something that I've kind of done um okay so uh, honestly (laughs) go to therapy yeah (laughs) that's not a witchy thing to like but it is because what you begin to do is you start to pick apart aspects of yourself in a gentle manner, um, not in a destructive way, um, that would then become what you would call your shadow self. Um, and I find, I personally on my, oh, I just moved my mic, hang on, sorry. <laughs> personally on my own journey, <clears throat> that has been my path as far as beginning that work. Um and I find it to, to be tremendously helpful to recognize and understand ways you sabotage yourself, um, ways you are patterned into thinking that can limit yourself in your life. Um, so I find therapy to be tremendously helpful when you want to start working on your shadow self. Um, if you've already begun that or have experience with therapy and know a bit about aspects of yourself, that's then you can start working with your shadow in a magical way. And one of my favorite ways to do this is to um, be in alignment uh, with the dark moon. And that's whenever the moon is not visible to us in the sky not by cloud cover per se. (laughs) Um, And do some journaling 
um, in the darkness with just a very like um, limited amount of light. So as dark as you could possibly stand it, but still be able to see when you're writing. You start writing down aspects of your shadow that you want to befriend. Um, a lot of us are uncomfortable with the idea of negative parts of ourselves, but we all have them. Every single person, including Oprah, has negative parts of themselves. Um, and these aspects of self are actually extremely useful because mo- most of the time they're in place in our personalities to keep us safe. Um, by naming them and really seeing them um, in this kind of process, we're then able to become more comfortable with them. And when you write them down, they become a physical form, so to speak, as opposed to just like parts of your brain. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then once you're finished doing this kind of practice, writing everything down, um, I end up hugging the piece of paper because it's you know, a genuine act of affection that we give to other people or things that we love. Um, and by ritualistically hugging uh, those parts of your shadow self, that can be really transformative. And then I have a fireproof bowl next to me. And um, I always like to light things on fire. So (laughs) this piece of paper, then I fold up um, and I hold it with a a pair of tweezers that I don't use for beauty reasons anymore. (laughs) Um, So that I don't burn my fingers. And then I uh, lighted a flame. And when I'm doing this, I'm visualizing um, myself in a rose quartz kind of light a nice pink light because then that kind of sends healing vibration back to myself because usually this is a this is a sad uh, ritual it's not necessarily a happy joyous one and then by doing that it kind of like closes it and then keeps it so that those parts of yourself that you're working with also receive um, healing light at the same time mm-hmm. So that's just yeah. one thing that I do. And that's something I made up. It's not anything I read. Of, you know, I'm sure um, there may be, you know, written resources out there about this. But that's, that's what I do. Yeah. I had, um, I had done a post in stories, um, I think it was yesterday, about the Nine of Swords and, yeah. and being in this oh. place of everybody's in worry. And um, I made mention to... Just in this in this place, not to sit too long in the in the in the worry mud, you yeah. know. Yeah. And I had a therapist reach out to me, and she said, I, "This sounds like mud sitting." Are you familiar with this? Term? I, I've never heard of it, but it's. I mean, it kind of yeah. is logical. You know, you kind of get stuck in this quagmire, and it's really hard for your brain to get out of it. Right? Yeah, well, she, she says, mud sitting is the state of being in one of your worst times and having someone sit there with you, not fixing, just experiencing and learning. It's particularly powerful in grief work, hmm. which I thought, I was like, that, 
is really beautiful. So mud sitting is something that you do with another person. Is that what you and mean? This, yep. And this huh. therapy, it would be something that you're doing with with a witness. Got it. Hmm. That's interesting. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. So I, you know, and I, you know, I think what's really important about shadow work that you very, very, very clearly shared is is that it is is something that you should design yourself mm. and, mm-hmm. and do yourself. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, because it's deeply personal. And of course, there are tools, you know, there are are tools out there that can work with you like the tarot, you know, there are definitely Mm -hmm. some cards in the in the tarot deck that can help you move, you know, through some things. I find lavender as a plant ally for this as well, because it um, is deeply grounding. Uh, and so when I'm doing this kind of work, I'll, I like to burn um, dried lavender as like an incense offering. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And calming effect to do that scary work too. Yeah. 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 That's Thanks, cool. fanboy Tom. Thank you, Tom. All the, yeah. all the best to you. Good luck with everything. All right. Anonymous writes, hello, hags. I'm fairly new to my practice and was really just beginning to feel confident with it until I entered a dark and depressed period at the end of October um, of last year, 2019. I can't account for exactly why, but I have a lot of generational and personal trauma that I'm working my way through. And sometimes when things are looking up, it's easy to slip backward. During this period, I allowed myself to slip back into old self-sabotage patterns, and now everything has managed to break through into my consciousness, and I am faced with a debt to recover and a lot of shame. I am actively taking all the right steps to correct the errors and working with my wonderful therapist to get back on track and healthy, but I am so overwhelmed with shame for this act that I am afraid to re-enter my spiritual practice because I feel undeserving. Do you have any advice to overcome the guilt so that I can concentrate on doing what's right? Thanks. Oh, man. You know, we all make mistakes. We're constantly making mistakes. And it's very easy to hold on to that feeling of guilt and shame because that is what reinforces us in our behavior to not do it again because we don't want to do it again right right and um yeah it's extremely difficult to release that and to forgive yourself and to then uh embrace what would be, you know, your spiritual practice in this, in this specific question. Um, my advice would be to go to the earth and put your bare feet on the earth and give um, thanks and gratitude um, while you are also giving that those feelings of shame and guilt back to the earth because the earth can handle it and 
I find this to be extremely healing um, and also grounding, literally. <laughs> um, and it's almost like one foot in front of the other after that point and kind of structuring your day so that you are doing the next right thing whether that is making your appointment with your therapist, um, repaying whatever debts it was, saying I'm sorry to the people that you may need to say sorry to if, if you've hurt others. Um, and then really sitting in the idea of, you know, the fact that mistakes are made every single day sometimes. And this is how we learn. This is how we learn about ourselves. Um, and this is how we can change our lives too, right? I think that there is no better time than now for Anonymous to um, connect to spiritual practice. I would agree. Absolutely. This, this period of time is where our team is, our team is always compassionate, but this is when they're the most compassionate. Yep. Um, and, and this is, this connecting now, re-entering that spiritual practice is what will help you to overcome the shame, is what will help you to love yourself again. If you're feeling this shame and, and this, you know, it, sometimes shame can, can translate to self-loathing and, yeah. and self-loathing yeah. can, can translate to not loving ourselves the way that we should be. Mm-hmm. And I know that your team is there to be there to kind of hold your hand throughout through this and and also to inform you and to kind of help you heal through all of this Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. this is um you know not to sound so overly optimistic but this is where all the great change happens yes we are always you know human beings are a sucker for a story where we fail and then succeed yeah (laughs) find peace Mm -hmm. every movie is is about that (laughs) It's exactly about that, right? Yeah. Nobody wants to cheer louder for you mm-hmm. than those that love you and your team, That's um, right. your unseen team. And so I say any step forward towards your practice right now is going to be another step, like you said, one foot in front of the other, is another step towards um, getting back into a practice, too, that can create routine and regimen for you mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and really call you to your sole purpose. So. Uh, yeah, now is the time. Now is the time to, Absolutely. to get back to the practice. Yeah, um, overcoming the guilt. Well, you know, um, anonymous. It sounds like if you feel comfortable doing some of the work that you mentioned for Tom in England, a little shadow work. Yeah, yeah. I think that it would definitely apply here too. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I loved how you said seeing this like beautiful rose quartz pink light pink light pink and energy light. yeah yeah and rose quartz is a stone if anonymous you're not familiar is self-love unconditional love it helps to heal mm-hmm. where love has lost or where we've lost love within ourselves and it helps to grow the love that is there like a seed mm-hmm. so it is what did you say the piece that you got when you were 15 or something or 16 that once it, um, once it turns white. Oh, it's work is done. Yeah. 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 Can you recite that? Oh, 
I forget. Well, it was, I don't remember. <laughs> what did I say? I don't remember. You said this. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'll be you. Be me. Be me, Leslie. You know, Leslie, when Rose Quartz turns white, that's when the work's been done. <laughs> You said something about like, I don't know, you were 15 or 16 and you had to be, I think you still have it. I do still have it. Yeah. Yep. And it it's white at this point, <laughs> but it's, you know, it's a reminder, you know, of, yeah, of the work that you've been doing, you know, all of your life, really, yeah. you know, um, even way back when, when you were just collecting stones, cause it was fun. <laughs> <laughs> and you didn't know <laughs> that they were little but beings of energy. Yeah, exactly. But you knew that they were little beings of energy. Yeah, exactly. It's true. That's how it goes. Exactly. Yeah. Well, sending you love. Um, I hope that we were able to answer that for you. And I hope that gives you some guidance. And thank you for being patient as we, we get back to you. We have Leah from Ohio. Hi. First off, I just wanted to say I absolutely love Ask a Hag. You both provide me with so many laughs and practical advice. Good, good. This That's is good. great. <laughs> good. <laughs> I have shopped at Juju for about three years. My fave spot. Thanks, Leah. And adore land spirits. Thank once, you, Leah. once native before native apothecary, now land spirits. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Leah says your ritual oil and gatekeeper elixir being two of my favorites. Oh, thanks so much. That's mugwort right there, shining star. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what the they say, shining star. I have been educating myself on Wicca and witchcraft for six years now, and I've been practicing for about five and a half. I hate to be long-winded, but to give you some backstory to my question, I grew up homeschooled in a very conservative, charismatic Christian home in a very small town. My parents were always very involved in any church we were a part of. I was always what people called a preacher's kid. My mom being a youth pastor and my dad a worship leader— Anything I did was talked about. If I was caught as much as picking my nose, it was the scandalous talk of the town. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Growing up with this as a teenager, of course, was incredible. I was always the weird kid. I never looked, acted, or thought the same way as the people around me. Through practicing witchcraft, I feel I have found my true path in life. I have connected greatly with the nature around me and feel a great response. However... I always get this feeling that I'm not good enough. When I'm in ritual, casting, or community with my tree ally, there's always this thought of, you don't deserve this. Even though I have received many messages from the earth that I am, and we are here to work together, I can't shake it. It's still there in the back of my mind. Do you have any tips for breaking the Christian idea of not being worthy? Thank you so much. Love you both. Hmm... Well, um, just because you draw breath means that you're worthy. I would say the holding that sentiment close to your heart is uh, pretty important when you're trying to work through this kind of stuff. Um, I don't think it's necessarily just a Christian idea either, Leslie. I, I think it's societal. What do you think? I think it's societal. Yeah. I'll, we'll, we'll talk three-dimensional here. I think yeah. it's societal. Um, I think it's. Um, it might even be a, a small town. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you know, kind of, and, and no, not necessarily just a small town, but I feel like Leah has been under a microscope. Yeah, yeah. And has constantly been judged. Mm-hmm. So it feels as though she's internalized this need to, ju- to judge herself, right. you know? Right. Uh, Five-dimensionally speaking, this feels like a past life hmm. thing to, because I, I, I have kind of gone through this too, and I wasn't necessarily raged, raised, I was raised in a small town. I was definitely the weird kid, somewhat similar, but not in a, in a church setting. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the work that I've been doing around d- doing ritual comes from past life karmic stuff that I've had to like work in this life to break. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And in in my workings with my healer friends and teachers and other readers that I've worked with, it's every step that you take in this life to move towards your your witchcraft, your practice breaks that. That's right. Yeah. Every single step forward breaks mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and and hundred percent. Just the mere fact that you took a breath in this life to begin with is your birthright to deserve. That's right. And to be worthy of. Yeah. And to sit in your power. Yeah. Just to be able to feel, you know, the blood coursing through our veins, that is worthiness. And And, I would say, sorry, Leslie, go ahead. Yeah, no, I I mean, you're probably going to say the same thing because, but if your tree allies and your, your connection to mother earth is telling you that you're here to do this work, trust that voice and that voice. Mm -hmm. That is the truth of the matter. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. What were you going to say? Oh, I was just going to say something about the uh, middle world. Um, <laughs> you smile. Oh, just something about the middle world. Well, you know, just just <laughs> something. I think um, I think that's like one of the mantras of the middle world. You know, um, suffering, not worthy. That you know those those sorts of energies, um, and when we grow out of that kind of headspace, we have intense compassion for ourselves. But then that compassion grows so much more for other people when you see them in that space, too. So by working on this sense of not being worthy for your life and the gifts that you get and all that stuff, um, working on that thereby helps you help others get out of that place as well. Whether it's just through chatting with a friend about their feelings about themselves or in actual, you know, healing work in some sort of setting, whether you're a social worker, a therapist, a tarot reader, <laughs> you know, an herbalist, you know, that kind of thing. Um, you, you have firsthand experience, um, you know, getting out of that stuck place. Um, and I think that's a huge gift. Yeah. Um, Leah, I know you can't answer me necessarily right now, but I wonder about if you've built an altar. I'm going to assume that you've been, if you've been practicing for five and a half years, you have, but it also feels like the importance of an altar and opening up that communication. It's, 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 it is, it's such like a portal. It's such like a, I'm here. I've arrived. I'm here to do this work. I'm tending to this altar. I'm, you know, it just feels like um, like a place that you can go to when you're not feeling, when you're feeling off or not feeling un- un- good enough, mm-hmm. and and spend time there, listening, tuning in, tending to it, 
and just continually showing up. Yeah. Yeah. Even if you don't feel like it, <laughs> just show up. Yeah. Just show up. Yeah, because mm-hmm. there are there are message messages for you there that need to be spoken and and um yeah, and I you know, I, I never really completely fully grasped how important it was to have an altar till I had an altar. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. now it's like where I do all all my work, but um Mm-hmm. It's deeply important because it, yeah. it anchors um, your sense of self because it's it's your space. It's only yours. Um, just very, I mean, just very quickly, I, I would like to just, because I did mention this as like a karmic mm. um, tie, mm-hmm. ways mm-hmm. for her to kind of maybe do some work surrounding you know, untying that, un, and, um, and I don't, I don't know if you've ever done any work around this, but I've done a lot of visual work surrounding this, in which I've seen these these knots dangling in front of me mm. as like contracts that I've like either you know that have said contracts in which I've made a vow that said, I'll never do witchcraft again or whatever. Mm -hmm. And whatever past life I had been, or I'd been shamed to do witchcraft or I was told that I was bad for doing whatever, you know, and these become kinks that carry over into this life. And sometimes I think these are the small whispers that we hear when it says you're not good enough. Mm -hmm. It's not about, you know, trees and mother earth is saying, no, 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 we're here to do this work now. So, if you can begin by feeling what some of these contracts might have been, one being self-worth, you know, like you said, middle world um, stuff, struggle, all that, um, suffering, beginning to untie those ropes mm-hmm. and and releasing them and releasing yourself and continuing to show up for that work in that way. And, and maybe you... Um, maybe you pull some cards around it. Maybe you do some further work around it or some shadow work around it, but you have absolutely the ability to, to um, liberate yourself from that. Agreed. Yeah, that's great. That's some good advice, Leslie. Thank you. Oh, good. Thanks, Allison. Yeah. Thank you. It's fantastic. (laughs) All right. Um, Thank you so much for, for writing in Leah. We, we hope that helps. Um, Anonymous writes, Hello, lovely hags. Firstly, I love the podcast. Your vibe is so amazing. For someone who practices by themselves with no one else around practicing to talk to and still considers herself a baby witch, your knowledge and advice is so helpful and is such a great starting point for further research and food for thought. So my question has a bit of a long backstory, and I'm very sorry for the essay you're about to read. I had a best friend last year who, in my opinion, more or less was sociopathic or, at the very least, extremely extremely manipulative and very self-absorbed. I ended things between us in January this year, as well as quitting my university course, which was where we met and were both studying until this year. She also made the environment for me and everyone else in my very small class extremely uncomfortable, and I had to quit before I lost the love of my life, which is art. She also was able to cut me off from all of my other friends, so when I ended the friendship with her, I really had no one except for my family for support. 
Don't get me wrong, they're great, especially my mom, but I still felt so alone. There was a whole lot of intense energy that radiated from this friend, and when our energies combined, it felt super cosmic or something, and I felt that we could do some fairly powerful magic if we chose to. Spirits would also come out of nowhere, and my sense of intuition was very heightened, and the craziest things would happen to us. I also was only just still starting out in witchcraft, and she pressured me into doing spells with her sometimes, and we probably weren't doing it 100% correctly. One night in her backyard, we had a bonfire, and we performed a friendship spell that involved us using our blood. Don't worry, we were safe about it and didn't directly share. But at the time, it really, at the time, it didn't really feel it worked. It's been almost a year now, and I have done a tremendous amount of recovery, but still suffer suffer anxiety sometimes. But I'm still very proud of myself for moving forward. Although, I'm still kind of feeling empty, hurt, and sad despite me moving on and also patching it up with the friends she cut me off from and healing with them. I only have done one spell based on bullying and her not holding any power or effect over me and flushing her down the toilet, as well as a few other self-love spells and healing baths. But there is something that just feels like it keeps me connected and almost haunted by her. I also just wanted to add that during all of this, I was also dealing with a stalking ex-boyfriend and unfortunately dealt with some PTSD and anxiety, which I've never experienced before and had to get professional help. Really got the shit end of the stick last year. But I have also been extremely lucky now to have moved countries for a job and also with my family who live and work here and to get far away as possible to recover, what I like to call my own eat, pray, love moment in time. I'm so sorry to write an essay, but I thought all that information was important to share to get the whole story. So my question is, do you think that maybe the blood spell did work and I am still connected to her in some way? And if so, what are some spells, rituals, or anything I can do to fully disconnect from her and put her in my past? Are there any strong and deep healing and recovery spells that you think could help me just get through this one last very difficult hurdle? Love you too, and all the best. Oh, oh buddy. Oh, girl. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I yeah. immediately, um, I think of cord cutting. Um, I think that all of this experience with this person... Um, not to mention the friendship spell that you two did together has really fortified a very strong energetic tie between the two of you. And Leslie's shaking her head on the video I, screen. <laughs> um, oh, Lordy, and, this goes deep for me. Yeah, I know, <laughs> my friend. Um, and I know Leslie has some experience with cord cutting too. Um, you want to speak about what that looks like yeah, for you? I wanna, yeah, and I want to share a couple things. Um, you know, there, there, let's talk about one thing first. Even before you did any of this blood magic work um, with your friend, you already expressed that there was intense energy between the two of you. Mm-hmm. So whether, do I think that the b- blood magic worked? Maybe, but I think that there already was a connection, blood magic or no blood magic. Yeah, I think yeah. it was just going to be difficult to shake this person. No, no matter, matter what. what. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Um, 
and, and it can very well be, and you might want to do a little research on twin soul energy or twin flame energies. It could very well be that this was, um, and I'm, I'm still learning more about, are you familiar with like twin flame? Only in like um, a relation, like sexual relationship format. But, um, but yeah, it's like, you know, two pieces of a larger energy right yeah that people can have so they have like a constant energetic connection yeah and so yeah i mean i've i too um have seen it in in terms of more romantic but i I can't imagine that it would just right yeah i think that it would also be in any any sort of energetic connection um so i would do a little bit of research um taking a look there um cord cutting yes yeah yeah uh you know the you know freezing that person as well Mm -hmm. um a lot of things that we we do bring up from time to time i've also heard of like uprooting oh what's what's that it's similar to cord cutting but you like really you like pull it out at the root okay and it feels like this is this is some this is a something in which this person would need to do a little bit really getting this at the root. Mm. Mm-hmm. And I have to be honest, you know, in, in my personal experience, I too have also had a best friend um some somewhat similar, but you know, somebody that like I had to do some work around yeah. cutting a cord and, and letting go of. Mm-hmm. And it took a handful of times to do it. This isn't a one and done situation. Right, right. Um, you have to be really cognizant of, um, you know, that this deep connection, first of all, and, and how long it's going to take to, to remove that. Now, I also wanted to say, um, just from like, um, sort of like an emotional therapeutic point of view, clearly this person is controlling. And the second that you take that control away from somebody, they will constantly try and convince everybody else that you're crazy so they can regain some kind of control over you. And that's exactly what this person was doing. Mm -hmm. You know, I do feel that the blood spell did work and I do feel um, that it is connected. Now, reversal spells. What do you know about reversal spells? I've never done one, so I'm not really sure about that. My assumption is that you're basically sending back the energy from where it came from, um, which, you know, to me makes a lot of sense around candle magic in particular, which Mm -hmm. is, you know, kind of a go-to. But, um, and then also earth magic as far as burying things in the earth to like, you know, kind of put it to rest, put it to bed, so to speak, um, seal it up, seal it off. And you can kind of do that successfully by creating um, a a poppet or a stand-in for that person, an energetic stand-in. So that could be um, a a human figure of some kind. That could be a pouch. So you can put mementos from your friendship inside a a bag, let's say a small pouch, Um, go to a secluded area, a wild place um, with a shovel (laughs) small spade um i like to 
I'm like, I've never done this. Yes, I have done this. I just didn't frame I, it no, like this. I mean, <laughs> you know? Yeah, no, I mean, we call it different things. <laughs> yeah, we we've do. We've done this work. Yeah. 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 So, um, so basically what you're doing is you're going to place this object in a hole and you're going to add to that hole um, something of iron because that grounds energy and kind of contains it. You can also put things like broken glass um, in the hole as well. Um, anything sharp, uh, again, is a, is a protective sort of um, uh, magical symbol. Um, I, the the pouch I think also I prefer black with red thread because red and black tend to be very protective um, colors in uh, the kind of magic that I work in which is, comes from Europe um, anyway so you're going to put all that in your hole you're going to feel all your feelings around this person and dispelling them from your life um, and then you're going to put dirt back on top. <laughs> it's pretty simple. Um, the most important thing, though, is when you're walking away from this, you do not look back and you do not visit that space again um, because you really want it to be behind you and in the past. I love that. That's awesome. And that really answers her question to disconnect from her and put her in the past. Um, so what I would recommend now is that you have severed this person completely from your life and buried it, um, on, I would say, I'm going to say on the full moon. So if you did this, like, right, if you did one of these rituals on a new moon mm -hmm. and then you followed up with this next ritual Ooh. or on the dark moon, dark moon. Yes. Not yep. new. Yep. Um, then I would on the full moon, I would fully illuminate and shower myself in the most perfect golden moonlight that I can think of as sparkly as you want it to be. Cause you know, one kind of balance you and I always talk about is if you're removing one thing, filling it. Yeah. You have to fill it. Exactly. And so, yeah, that would be that strong, deep healing and recovery spell that you were kind of seeking. And I would make like a full night of it. Mm -hmm. I would, I would commit a full night alone time to that. I would begin by scrubbing my bathroom completely and totally mm -hmm. um, and uh, sort of, you know, as if to say, like, I'm, I'm resetting, I'm restarting. And then, um, and then I would cleanse it energetically with some kind of smoke and prepare a ritual bath with salt water. Mm -hmm. um, I would light two white pillar candles of which I would step through as I got into the bath and I would soak in the bath for 20 minutes and I would make nine passes over my body and of like a can of like a bucket of water. Yeah, yeah. And when doing that, I would say, you know, I would, I would come up with some kind of mantra that felt good. Like, you know, I am, I am full within myself. Mm. I am whole. I would call back, you know, make up um, some, some sort of a spell in which you're calling your power back to you. Um, being whole completely within yourself, calling all parts of yourself back to you now mm, because this mm -hmm. person has taken a lot of parts of you away. Mm -hmm. And the person has really, really done their best to dim your light and control you. And so I would do this ritual bath. I would completely probably bring in like quartz crystals and elevate that vibration. And um, do, yeah, again, nine passes over the head while reciting your written spell or, or mantra. 
And then once I was done in, in there, and you might even want to do like some, some fresh rosemary mm-hmm. or something mm-hmm. protection as well. Um, you want to pat, you want to pull the drain and see the water take all of that extra energy that is no longer, that is not yours and bring it down the tub. And then I'd pass through the candles backwards. Mm. Mm-hmm. Dry off, um, not like air dry. Don't, yeah. yep. you know, light a white candle and spend time writing down all of the things that are so special about you. All oh, of your good. superpowers. That's all good. of the ways that you bring light to other people all ways that you can bring light within yourself. Mm -hmm. And then you can burn those too, as Mm -hmm. we love to burn things. We do. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And your fire safe dish. Of course. And you know, each one a strip of paper, like just positive intentions. And then also two things you want to call into your life right now. I want healthy, nurturing friendships. I call in, you know, positive experiences in my life that, that allow my light to shine and allow me to be a full and whole person. And you might want to do this a couple times. It, it might take yeah. you a couple times to do this again. Like um, a lot of times when I've done this sort of clearing and healing work, I'll typically do it on a men- Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Um, and so it might be it might be a ritual that you need to kind of, especially if it's so deep rooted like this, it might need to be something that you do a handful of times. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, thunder again! Oh, Ooh, thunder always happens when it's raining. <laughs> mm. Hey, I've heard that song. Me too. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. So, so a bath with salt, yeah. rosemary, and actually, I'm thinking lemon slices too mm-hmm. could be nice. Mm-hmm. And then your quartz crystal, your white Gorgeous. candle. Great, great What ideas. do you think? Do you uh, like that? Fantastic, man. Fucking fantastic. I love it. I love you it. Know what else, you know what else would be nice in there? Hmm. Some, some fresh roses, full stem. Oh, yeah. And then baptize your, yourself, sort of. Like with anoint yourself yeah. with that water, that protective rose, you know? Mm-hmm. That could be lovely, too. Yeah, that ro- rose is a, no, that's a fantastic idea. Rose is a beautiful plant ally, especially when you're doing the healing protective work because it's got that, um, the, the energy around it is surrounding us in that protective love and light. So that's and a great. Yeah, exactly. That's beautiful, yeah. Leslie. Thank oh, you for that. It. Hey, we're a team. We sure are. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sending you all the healing, all the best, all the love. Yeah. Thank you for your question. Thank you. Uh, we've got Lauren from Connecticut. Hi there. I'm still a beginner witch, as they say, and a solitary witch at that. I am wondering how often you practice. I'm guessing that you probably would say constantly. No. <laughs> oh, well, we're yes. human. Uh, we're <laughs> <laughs> Um, as we strive to do all things with intention and gratitude, and I would agree, but how often would you say that you're really thrown down, cast a circle in the whole thing? I've let the last two full moons pass without ritual because I've just felt a little lost and haven't felt called to any particular spell work. Thanks for taking my question and for sharing your wonderful podcast. 
Thank you for your question, Lauren. Oh, yeah, I, yeah. What? Oh my gosh, what are you going to say? I well, so I mean, <laughs> you know me. <laughs> uh, time is very challenging, especially if you're a person that has a family um, or you know lots of responsibilities. For me personally, there is no um, clockwork every full moon experience it is really um when the mood strikes um and honestly when i'm feeling um uh especially enthusiastic uh and i i don't um i don't necessarily uh cast a circle per se personally, because I've done a lot of work with my house as far as it being a protective place. So I don't throw down a circle <laughs> necessarily. But, um, but yeah, it's really about um, when when the mood strikes, as opposed to, you know, faithfully, every dark moon, every full moon, or however, you know, you want to, you want to um, time piece it. <laughs> How about you, Leslie? Yeah, absolutely. And, and for me as well, and I, it's usually, you know, and honestly quite, you know, um, you said you let a couple full moons pass without doing anything. Um, that's okay. It totally Especially is okay. Especially if you're feeling a little lost and haven't felt called. Because I've also learned that it's not good to dabble. No, it's not. You, you, you know, if you aren't, if you are feeling lost, then now is not the time to throw down and do a full Mm-mm. on. It's time to do research. Know, Yes, it's time right? to do research. Yeah. It's time to t- tune within, and that mm-hmm. and that resting during a full moon, or even just getting into a bathtub on a full moon, is just just all that you need to do at the time. I usually, if I had to tell you how many times a year mm-hmm. I do a full on thing, yeah, maybe four, same, yep, three or four, yeah, mm-hmm. and only. When and I can't even. It's not like I do it on any of the special Sabbaths either. It's usually when spirits like, "Hey, yep, <laughs> me too." Hey, get what's together? going on? Miss you. Hey, what are you doing later? <laughs> exactly. Remember me? <laughs> yep, that's what happens to me too. My Absolutely. team's like, "Hey, let's 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 do some some stuff." Mm-hmm. Or when I feel like, "Okay, I need to level up here. I, yep. I, this is something I really need to move towards. This is something I believe in fully, and this is going to need a little extra spice." Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, everybody's different. Some people really love to have routine regimented rituals. That's right. And here, here. Absolutely. That, that's, here, here. that's, that would be my goal. <laughs> yeah. But you know, like I said, like if you're, if you're a person that has a, a life that has space and room for it, absolutely go for it. But I, I agree with you, Leslie, it really is about, um, making sure that you're not um, just putting your pinky toe in. Um, If you're not feeling it, if you're feeling lost and disconnected, that's the time to really do research and kind of do some dreaming work and things like that and not actual ritual work. Yeah. 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 That's the time when you're being called to listen. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. To listen and turn Mm -hmm. within. Um, But yeah, I do agree with you too, Lauren. Yeah. I mean, I think once you get to a point after you you've you've done you've done a lot of um, spell work, and then you kind of get to the point, like you said, with Allison has done the work on her house to make sure it's a sacred 
protected space. Same for you. If you're living, you're, you shared here, you know, um, I strive to do all things with intention and gratitude. If you are living that practice on a daily basis, you're already stirring that circuit of energy within you to the point where you can, you will know when it's time to do it. Mm-hmm. And so I think, I think the, um, one of the greatest things that a witch can be present with is knowing when and when not to move forward. Yes. Beautiful. Very good. Yeah. Yeah. Stay sa. Just like that. Just like that. Thanks, Lauren. Thank you, Lauren. Shauna from Indiana writes, Hello. I am a beginner witch and finally now allowing myself to be true and start a journey I held myself from for quite some time now. I wanted to ask my question because I often find it difficult to stay grounded. It is something that I've struggled with throughout my life, and I find that it is something that is becoming increasingly more difficult for me as I'm diving into shadow work and looking into myself. I know that it is something that I should be doing, and I'm glad that I'm finally doing it. However, I find one of the ways in which I try to ground myself is by obsessively ripping at my own hair. What are some ways in which I can find a healthy way to ground myself that you have found helpful in your own work? Thank you so much for doing this podcast. You can't know how much it has helped guide me and help me feel like I'm not alone. Excellent question. Yeah. Oh, Mm -hmm. yeah. What do you got? Well, um, you know, I am a person that is also trying to break a habit of grounding myself by picking at my cuticles. Um, it's uh, a hereditary habit. My mother does it too. <laughs> so I'm working on that too, Shauna. Something I find very helpful is by having a stone friend, um, a, a piece of quartz, a piece of labradorite, something that you can have in your pocket that you can pull out and kind of mess with. A, a spiritual uh, fidget spinner, so to speak. <laughs> um, and by, you know, kind of working that object in your hands, mm. Leslie's showing one of her crystals to me. <laughs> Thank you, Leslie. It's beautiful. Thank you. Um, I find that to be very grounding and you can add intention to that by selecting a stone friend that has a specific energy that you're trying to resonate with. Um, another thing that I already talked about with another listener question was um, putting your feet on the earth every day, um, at least once a day, because I find um, that to be tremendously helpful to um, complete our energetic circuit and um, reconnect us to um, our earth mother, which is, you know, the basis of our practice. Um, And so you are literally grounding yourself in the earth's energy. Uh, which can be tremendously helpful, especially when we're trying to do any sort of um, spell work or ritual work. What are your thoughts, Leslie? I too have been a obsessive cuticle picker my entire life. Mm-hmm. Um, we're, still we're, trying to we're get sisters over that. in that. <laughs> yes, we are. <laughs> um, um, I agree with Allison wholeheartedly in the fact that when I have been able to do a visual grounding meditation on the daily, sometimes three times a day I have to do it. Um, That helps. Mm -hmm. 
Um, I also, um, if you are just actually just trying to get over something like that, the second that I feel myself go for it, I try to correct it and I try to heal it or remedy it by putting hand lotion on or washing my hands or something mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. So with hair, maybe brushing your hair, or pulling it back into a pony or making braids or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, you know, another thing that I've started to do, and we were kind of giggling about this before, but I think it's actually been helping is I put a little tiny bit of salt on my tongue. Mm, mm-hmm. And that has really kind of helped me to stay grounded. We're giggling because I love so many salty foods yes, and we do. figured that yeah. that's... <laughs> Um, yeah I think like for me too I just do the visualization of the roots kind of growing down deep into the earth and then pulling that energy up and radiating through my heart and then shooting up through into the cosmos and pulling that energy down and radiating it out Mm. sometimes I like to think of myself being weighed down with black tourmaline and smoky quartz too that helps me yeah or just like visually becoming an anchor or attached to an anchor to keep me grounded. Because this girl's a double Gemini. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I am all about the air. Some tips for you, Shauna. I hope that helps. Yeah. Um, very good. Thanks for writing in. Okay, next question comes from Elise from Nebraska. Hello, lovelies. Thank you for providing such a lovely podcast. I cherish every single episode and am slowly working my way through the back catalog. That being said, apologies if this question has been asked. I am a little confused about when the best time is to put my crystals, cards, tools, etc. out to charge. It seems that full moon is the widely accepted time, but I've also heard the full moon is more of a time of clearing, while the new moon is for charging. What do you witches think? Also, a seasonally relevant question do you bag your items and place them outside or just work by a window? Thank you so much. With appreciation and love, Elise. Boy, I love this question. I do too. <laughs> I do too because everyone has a different opinion. Yeah. Um, for me, for me. Go uh, for it. Uh, I think the best time to charge is in the full moon light in particular. Um, and I do like to put uh things outside that are okay getting wet you know so certain stones certain talismans so just you know so on and so on um if i'm going to charge something like my uh tarot deck or my rune bag it is going to be on a windowsill just to make sure that it's safe and leslie is nodding her head yes um and i think that you know when we're working with the energy of the moon it's really about um we're trying to imbibe those objects with um and the light of the moon is the moon's fullest potential so it's kind of a mixed bag some people use the full moon energy for cleansing some people use it for charging for love spells for you know growth um uh uh, focusing on growth that sort of thing um it's kind of like multi-purpose as far as I've understood it to be. What do you think, Leslie? Yeah. So, yeah, I've got definitely some thoughts on this. Yeah, your little tarot cards will blow away. If yeah, they know. will. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you keep them in like a really beautiful box or something like that. But I do. Um, so, um, my cards, 
because to me, like under the full moon is is an illumination Mm -hmm. of a full, right, clarity. We have the most intense clarity, right? Under the full moon. That's right. Then I want that intense clarity and and energy with my divination, Mm -hmm. with my tool, Mm -hmm. right? So if this tool is a tarot deck, then I am going to charge that you know, underneath the full moon. Um, I'm also going to charge any of my quartz crystals, any of my selenite, moonstone, rose quartz, anything like that that's going to create a high vibration. I want to have that under the full moon. Mm-hmm. Um, if I'm doing charging water or charging salt and making moon salt, it's going to be under the full moon. Mm-hmm. If I am charging uh, my altar pentacle, if I'm charging... My water goblet, you know, my chalice, it's going to be under the full moon. That's right. Under the dark moon, yes. I'm going to charge my scrying, like my obsidian mirror. I'm going to charge my black tourmaline. Mm-hmm. I'm going to charge my larvacite, any of my hematite, my dark grounding stones, my smoky quartz. If I'm making protective salt that's black, I'm going to put that under the new moon. Um, if I'm now, if it's a windy as fuck, day or night, I'm going to take my athame outside and charge it with the element of air. Mm, That's interesting. So I like to think about where the elements are too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Or your wand, if it's a super hot day, Mm -hmm. you know, you can take that outside. Um, So working with the moon, working with the elements, the the full moon and the dark moon. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Yeah. I do the same thing with the dark moon too. I just forgot that I did that. Um, (laughs) Sorry. little low in energy today um so yeah i mean the dark moon is all about banishing it's about doing protective work it's about you know hunkering down basically um and then you know the full moon is about being expansive you know um so it's really about the intention that you have with the objects that you're working with just like leslie said yeah that's great a plus my friend a plus thanks hey i got i got a ps on that one Mm. Charging your candles. Like, I, I love working with these little two hour yeah, chime candles. Yeah. So, charging the white candles under the full moon and maybe those dark candles under that yeah. dark moon, you know, new moon energy Beautiful. could be a real bonus too. That could mm, be great. Moon great. candles. I love that. There you I, go. That, that, that idea is free. That's you fantastic. That free. Mm. I never thought of charging my candles before with the moonlight. I was just informed. That's great. Yeah. A plus. <laughs> I love that. That's great. Yeah. Um, so I think, did we, we answer that? We did answer that one. Yeah. Yeah. We yeah. did a good job on that one. Well, thank you, Elise. Thank you so much for, for you, writing Elise. in. We did do a good job we on that did. one. We did. We did do a good job. Um, <laughs> And that wraps up this episode of uh, Lightning Round Questions with Ask a Hag. (laughs) Thank you, everyone, for listening. Um, We hope that you're all doing the best you can right now at taking care of yourselves and your family right now is deeply challenging, very hard on everybody. Everybody's having a a rough time. Um, So be tender with yourself. Be compassionate with yourself. It's okay. Everything's going to be all right promise it's just gonna take some time right Leslie? yeah yes it is yeah just some time this is we're in a cocoon right this is like a metamorphosis right now mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. agreed cool it's nice to see you my friend you too <laughs> <laughs> 
The Ask a Hag podcast is produced by Donna Kyler. Listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever else you find your podcasts. And don't forget to leave us a review on uh, Apple Podcasts that really helps other people find us. You can be a part of this podcast too. Leave us a voice message or a question on the Anchor FM app and we will play it on the show. You can find us on Instagram at ask.a.hag or at askahagpodcast.com. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, everybody. See ya. Bye. Bye.